Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. I think you're going to be uh, encouraged and challenged by some of what's going on today, what we're going to talk about in today's news and the cancel culture. We're going to talk about how Bible-believing Christians must respond and oppose godlessness and give you some perspective on what's happening in America. We're going to start with a Good news report, actually a couple of them, really. And uh, we'll go to that uh, those reports as soon as we open up. Father, thank you for giving us another day. We want to love you, honor you, serve you with our lives. And we surrender to you new and afresh today, God. We trust you. Increase our faith. And Lord, um, may we exalt Christ in our lives, in our words, in our deeds. And Father, just show us how we can be better servants for the kingdom of heaven. Help us, God, do what you've called us to do. Give us strength. Encourage those who are weak. Help those who are faint-hearted. And anyone who's potentially overwhelmed, Lord, remind them that you are the truth and that they can do all things through Christ and that greater is he who is in us than he who's in the world. We thank you for giving us everything we need for life and for godliness. Show us, Lord, how to love our neighbor when uh, so many people are acting unlovable. It doesn't matter how they act, Lord. We have a responsibility. But also give us wisdom and discernment on when to move on from a conversation, an interaction, even a relationship or a friendship when it's time to wipe the dust of our feet and move on where we can find someone where we can plant seeds, water seeds, and bear fruit that will last. We need your wisdom, God, and I thank you for promising to give it to us generously. In Jesus' name, Amen. The good news story, actually two of them, uh, we shared a couple days ago. Uh, Travis, the producer for Stand Up the Truth, came inside the studio to say hello. I wasn't here on Wednesday, but uh, he was obviously, you guys, if you haven't been listening for a while, you're going, wait a minute, he was in a coma. Yes, he was for two weeks, and he was another week in the ICU, and his mom is now taking care of him. Uh, he's 27, for those of you wondering. And a really tough time with pancreatitis, a lot of effects from that. You can read the the um, info at the Caring Bridge site that his mom has set up. I'll put that link in the podcast notes today at StandUpForTheTruth.com. But his name is Travis Kunze, K-U-N-Z-E. You can look up the Caring Bridge page for him, and his mom updates that as to his progress. But it surprised the doctors. It was a miracle of God that this guy was at doing the way he was doing at death's door practically. God has different plans for him, and the doctors were surprised. And now he's home, he's getting the hand-to-eye coordination back, and he's trying to process having lost two weeks in that coma. Uh, Most of us cannot relate to that. Um, How do you get that back, you know, connect, you know, all the different basic functions in your brain and body and and understand uh, what went on? But anyway, so pray for Travis. God willing, he will be back with us um, to work. But uh, he popped in with his mom after a a doctor's appointment on Wednesday. So that's one good thing. And I want to start with a good news story uh, before we get a little heavy today. Um, Good news. A court permanently stopped Gavin Newsom, California governor, from locking down churches. I don't know if you heard about this. It's, It's a praise God moment for the church, for religious freedom in America, um, this is the first statewide permanent injunction in the country against COVID restrictions on churches and places of worship. So this is a very good thing, friends. Um, all California churches may hold worship without discriminatory restrictions. And by, by discriminatory, you know how they were having double standards. They were allowing abortion clinics and other businesses and other places to open up, no restrictions, but churches they were clamping down on. They were doing that in many states. So this settlement, um, several Supreme Court opinions, uh, including Harvest Rock Church versus Newsom, 
include a long list of similar non-religious activity the high court set forth as comparable gatherings, which, as I mentioned, included places like warehouses, grocery stores, uh, big box stores, infrastructure, telecommunications, and much more. In other words, churches and places of worship may never again have discriminatory restrictions placed on them that are not equally applied to a long list of, quote, essential services. Wow, it's been a year battle, or more than a year for this these churches in California, particularly this one in this lawsuit. Our friend Pastor Steve Smotherman in New Mexico and Albuquerque has a lawsuit pending with his governor that, that fined that church $10,000. So most of these cases, friends, and we're thankful in America for our Constitution. They're, they're coming out on the side of religious freedom. Um, I just want to go through the timeline, though. This case involved three emergency injunctions and appeals at the Ninth Circuit Court. Uh, in March of 20, 2020, last year, from March 19 to May 25th, they were not allowed to worship at all in California. They were not allowed to gather. That's unconstitutional. But it took them more than a year to fight this. Then in May, May 26th through July 20, only 25% capacity was allowed or no more than 100 people in a church, no matter how big the church was. Then in July of 2020, and that this carried out through the end of the year into the spring this year, no worship for over 90% of California. On April 9 of this year through April 12, restrictions on home Bible studies were lifted you're going, what? Wait a minute. Home? They had restrictions on people at home? Yes. For home Bible studies in California. This is not, uh, this is communist policy, basically, what they were doing in California. And then April 13 through May 9th, just a couple of weeks ago, the mandatory attendance limits were lifted. Uh, and just Monday on May 20, on May 17th, just Monday, discriminatory restrictions on churches were permanently removed. So there's a victory. There's a pastor, Shay On. He said, this is a momentous day for churches in America, not just California. After nearly a year-long battle defending our religious freedom, our lawsuit has reached a permanent settlement in our favor. And Liberty Council founder and chairman Matt Staver said, Governor Gavin Newsom's COVID restrictions intentionally dis- discriminated against churches while providing preferential treatment to many secular businesses and gatherings. No surprise, a lot of blue state governors did the very same thing, discriminated against Christian churches. The Supreme Court intervened multiple times to provide relief. California may never again place discriminatory restrictions on churches and places of worship, and uh, Pastor On's leadership and courage has healed the journey and freed every pastor and church in California. This article is up on our website, standardforthetruth.com, um, in today's blog. It ends by mentioning the pastor, what I just said, his leadership and courage. Now, here's what I want to get to, friends. I have a chapter in my brand new book called The Second Biggest Lie in America. What is the second biggest lie? I've talked about it many times on this podcast. The separation of church and state. Second biggest lie in America. Some even in the church, not just atheists, socialists, secular progressives and Democrats and liberals, some in the church in America would argue that that pastor should not have fought this. That that pastor should have submitted to the government authority because of Romans 13. In other words, some, even in the church, some Christians would still stand by, yes, we, we, it needs to be unlimited submission by, by the Bible, but they're forgetting throughout the whole, all, all the scripture, many times, Christians, Jews, Jews, others against authorities or did not, um, obey the governing authorities and God commended them. Remember the context in scripture, friends, as you go through these, in a lot of those in that chapter. The second biggest lie in America. And so I want to get to my book and just mention the update. It's kind of been backwards. The, uh, the rollout of this has been so bizarre, but I believe God is sovereign. He is in this. The paperback was put out on Amazon a couple weeks ago. 
Fortunately, friends were hearing about it. They, they went and they bought it on Amazon. It went up to a number one new release in religious intolerance and persecution. But the ebook, it took them almost three weeks to get the ebook up. Finally, the ebook is there, Kindle Unlimited. I think they're running a free promotion, in fact, now. If you want to get it on Kindle, um, I think my book is free on Kindle temporarily. So, canceling Christianity, how the left silences churches, dismantles the Constitution, and divides our culture, and they are dividing us on purpose. But the ebook is up. Um, my publisher called me this morning and wanted me to put out a reminder that in the early days and weeks of a book being released, the more positive reviews it can get, the better. So I'm, I'm just asking you if you would please, if you have already purchased the book or have read part of it, um, please go to Amazon and post a review. And that really helps from what I'm told. A lot of people who aren't familiar with Stand Up For The Truth or uh, my ministry or, or me, my previous books, they will go to Amazon, they'll look at the reviews and what people say. They'll go, out. Oh, it's rated pretty high. People seem to like it, and that will influence the, whether they purchase the book or not. So please do a, a review on Amazon. Uh, please do that. Um, what else was I? Oh, I was going to share. I'm just so thankful for the men of God and women of God that endorse the book. And by the way, um, if you're in the Green Bay area, um, Lighthouse Christian Bookstore will be carrying it. Call first. They should get it any day now. They should, maybe they already have it. Calvary Chapel uh, Bookstore and, and Appleton, they're going to have it. Uh, actually, they'll have it this weekend at the services if you go to Calvary Chapel. Also, um, Jan Markell kindly um, offered to carry the book at Olive Tree Views on her store. A lot of you, I know, listen to Understanding the Times with Jan, and we'll do an interview probably this summer on canceling Christianity, but be looking for it. Uh, but if you can get it on Amazon and go do a review, please do that. Uh, Dr. Andy Woods, uh, one of the many, just to me, awesome pastors. I love these these people, these men and women of God. These are the ones that endorse the book. Inside the pages, we've got a lengthy you know, description of the endorsements. Uh, Pastor Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church Albuquerque. He actually made the back cover along with Jan Markell. She endorsed the book, and um, Pastor Matt Truella. Um, who else? Heidi St. John, and I'll be doing an interview with Heidi uh, next week. Let's see, Gary Kaw, um, he endorsed it. Thankful for these men, Pastor Carl Gallops, uh, Pastor John Haller, and Dr. Jake Jacobs. So praise God, and um, it, it's just been amazing. The Oh, I got to tell you, I was I was rejected again on Facebook. That's right. Cancel culture. They canceling Christianity is being canceled on big tech. No surprise. I've got one of the chapters in the book. It's um, the dangers of a one-party uh, big tech media conglomerate uh, beyond bias. So I've got a chapter in that. They're cancel. It's it's funny. It's kind of ironic. So I cannot advertise. Uh, they're rejecting ads on Facebook for canceling Christianity. So I've been putting that out. They're mentioning, hey friends, this is what's going on, and people are posting pictures or the link to the book or my website. It's been a blessing because of that. More people are hearing about it than originally would have heard about it. It's kind of like a Romans 8.28 thing. Uh, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So even the big tech censorship so far does not seem to be hindering the book, even though we can't advertise um, social media. But Anyway, thank you guys so much. I can't emphasize that enough, how humbled I am by you guys sharing. Um, people have been ordering the book. When they get it, they take a picture of the cover and they put it on their Facebook. So God bless you. Thank you. I, I don't, I, I, you don't understand, um, as a, a, a young author, I'm not a big name out there, right? So I've got to do a lot of work to try to remind people, hey, the book is available. And when, you, when I'm limited in all the ways I've used in the past, People are stepping up big time. Uh, people have bought in cases of the books, purchased. Did I say bought in? Yes, I did. So this next article, this is interesting. Um, a New York City Department of Education features a drag queen show aimed at three to eight-year-olds. Did you hear? Three to eight-year-olds. This aired on PBS, Progressive Broadcasting System. Or progressive BS, PBS. So 
I hope you're not giving money to PBS if you have in the past. Um, I hope you've stopped. But they're airing these shows about drag queens, and they're trying to reach kids at younger and younger ages. This is over on The Blaze, if you want to look it up. Uh, New York City Department of Education features. And this is not in New York, friends. Remember, what stays in New York or stays in California does not, what happens in New York does not stay in New York. Um, the Daily Caller reported on uh, one episode called Let's Learn, which is a partnership between PBS member station and the New York City Department of Education. It aims to help, quote, three to eight-year-olds with at-home learning. They are reaching kids, whether the kids are out and about in a public library or not. <sighs> and then they, this drag queen says, oh, so what on earth is a drag queen? And he goes on to explain it. So this is just what's happening out there. And there's a really good article here I want to get to. Oh, one more thing. Um, this article, The Colonial Pipeline. Did you hear about this? It confirmed that it paid $4.4 million to the hackers, right? The operator of the nation's largest fuel pipeline confirmed it paid $4.4 million to a gang of hackers who broke into its computer systems. After it learned of the May 7 ransomware attack, the company took its pipeline system offline and needed to do everything in its power to restart it quickly and safely and then made the decision to pay the ransom. The decision was not made lightly. The spokesman said tens of millions of Americans rely on colonial hospitals, emergency medical services, law enforcement agencies, fire departments, airports, truck drivers, and the traveling public. Uh, much of the East Coast, apparently. So, But the FBI discourages making ransom payments to ransomware attackers because paying encourages criminal networks around the globe who have hit thousands of businesses and healthcare systems in the U.S. in just the past year alone. But many victims of ransomware attacks where hackers demand large sums of money to decrypt stolen data or prevent it from being leaked online, many, many of them, the victims opt to pay. And he said, I know that's a highly controversial decision, but it was the right thing to do. This was the spokesman for the Colonial Pipeline. Um, so just to give you an idea, this stuff is happening. It's happened. They can hack businesses, uh, a system as, as big as this. Um, where did I see Colonial, their CEO, he told the Wall Street Journal that he authorized the payment because the company didn't know the extent of the damage that was uh, being done and not sure how long it would take to bring the Colonial Pipeline system back. So again, they paid $4.4 million in a ransom. So my logical question, and I don't know if you have any idea where I'm going with this, the 2020 election. If they can hack businesses and the Colonial Pipeline... Don't you think they can hack computers and servers and everything that was, oh my goodness. I don't know why we don't make this, these, these connections that, oh yeah, maybe, uh, the elections were compromised. Maybe there was voter fraud. Maybe they did, China or other, you know, players influenced our election system through the computers. But look at this. Where, where was that that I just read that this happens every year? It says thousands, thousands, did you hear this? Businesses and healthcare systems in America, in the U.S., in the past year alone, let me emphasize, thousands were hacked. Don't be naive and don't buy the liberal media activist nonsense that says nobody could hack into our election system and, and, and control the outcome of an election. Let's not be naive, friends. Yes, it's it's then we do have to prove a lot of things, but the evidence is there. But if you if you want to find it, um, so look up that article, the Colonial Pipeline. It's amazing. When we come back, a story that's very concerning about cancel culture and some history about it. Next on Standard for the Truth. 
Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. So I came across an article, thank you to uh, the headlines over at uh, Olive Tree Views and uh, Jan Markell. Um, Life Beyond Horizons is the ministry. I'm not really familiar with it, but I read the article. It's phenomenal. And it's called Cancel You, Cancel Me. Before I get into it, I just want to remind you what how the article ends. I'm just jump to the end of the article before I talk about because because some of this can be pretty heavy because there is censorship, there is persecution, and it's not coming. It is here, friends. We've got to wake up to the fact that we can't give people the benefit of the doubt when they want to completely silence us. Um, so. I'm going to start with the end of the article. He says, don't allow yourself to become discouraged by what you see in this fallen world. Here's the, your perspective, right? Don't look back and spend your time dwelling on days gone by. Keep your eyes fixed on the prize and keep your mind focused on God. Be prayerful and stay in the word. It will never be canceled. Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withers. The flowers fade, but the word of our God remains forever. This is by John Stephan Fry. First they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for the communists, and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. That was Martin Niemöller, a Lutheran pastor who died in 1984, but who initially supported Adolf Hitler. He was later imprisoned at Dachau for opposition to the Nazi regime. But in his later life, Niemöller stated that he had once met Hitler directly, and uh, he was assured that the Nazi government would not take away religious liberties. So he remained silent as other groups were oppressed or worse, under that horrific regime. He would later regret that he did not speak up earlier, but once they began to crack down on his church and those like his, it was too late. I write about Dietrich Bonhoeffer uh, in my book, The Cost of Our Silence, and I admire his example. Apparently only about a one-third one of Germany's Christian and Protestant pastors and leaders spoke out against Hitler and the regime. Two-thirds caved, conformed, complied, which is really sad. But I wonder what the percentages would be in America today. And now we are not in any way comparing our culture with the Nazi regime. Let's make that very clear, okay? But with... Groups being censored, like the most conservative Christian voices, Bible-believing Christians, those who believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, those who believe in, in preaching Bible prophecy and the whole counsel of God, those who believe in addressing cultural issues, political issues, which are moral issues from the pulpits on Sunday mornings, that group is being discriminated against, is being silenced. Where are the others speaking out for that group. Hey, let me tell you, friends, let me be very honest with you about something that might surprise you. If liberal Democrats or the Christian left, which is an oxymoron, I realize that, but if they were being, if Democrats were being censored, I would stand up and say, wait a minute, this is America. We can disagree with them without silencing them. Let's have a debate. Let's talk about ideas and on both sides and let people decide. I would not want my fellow citizens in America of any stripe, censored, that's just not the American way. It's not what we stand for. Even Satan worshipers, you know, even the occult, even those who promote witchcraft and, and demonic activity, even the pro-aborts, people that want to murder children and are proud of it. I'm proud to have had an abortion. You've seen those t-shirts now, right? They have freedom to speak. I disagree with them, and I, I pray to God that 
someone can get through to them or God can change their hearts and that then their worldview will change to one of biblical Christianity and they will value and respect every human life, including in the womb of their mothers. But I, I will fight for them to be able to speak. I don't want to censor anybody. I don't want to silence anybody. I don't agree with silencing those on the left. So just so you know that, but here's, we're seeing a very curious time in America that there's a, a portion of society that's okay by their silence with what's going on. When they know Christians and conservatives and others who are simply disagreeing with our government on vaccines and shots and experimental gene therapy. If you simply disagree and want more information and research and want to share something by a doctor, they're sharing stuff on their doctors. Why can't we share stuff on the doctors we read up on? They're not even allowing that. They're shutting that down. But as far as the Christian faith and the gospel, Friends, we're in a very dangerous time here in America. We're not surprised by the godlessness. We're not surprised that the world is acting like the world. They are unsaved. They are, they don't know the truth or they have rejected the truth of God. We're not surprised by how they act. But I'm disappointed. And I think you are too. If you understand my heart and my passion here, I'm disappointed by fellow Americans and even people in the church that are if, if you're not okay with this, why don't you speak up? If you're not okay with what's going on. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. God will not hold us guiltless. And of course, he was hanged uh, days before the Nazis surrendered and uh, Hitler was taken down and the Allies invaded Germany. So let me go back to this article now. We're not comparing America with Germany in Hitler's time, with the Nazi regime. We are not. I'm not making that comparison. I'm saying we're in a very dangerous time when citizens are, are, you know, whistling past the graveyard, so to speak. Remember the people in Germany, uh, even blocks away from some of these concentration camps, and some of these places, they're seeing these white ashes go up into the air. And they're not even, either they're not putting two and two together. They don't know what's going on. Or they're just denying that it's happening. Or they don't want to know. They're suppressing that because they can't process, they can't handle it. Because it's so gruesome what the Nazis were doing. So they're just walking by, carrying on with their lives, going to parties, working, whatever they were doing. Taking care of their families as people were being forced into gas chambers and people being slaughtered and shot, assassinated and persecuted. So this is a wake-up call to anyone that believes a culture that is allowed to oppress people, this is America now, over their personal views based only upon the uh, the fact that they disagree is a culture that will eventually turn on everyone. So the coined phrase of cancel culture, called cancel culture that we see today, this reflects this cannibalistic trend, contradictory in its very nature, by which it will ultimately devour the very people that promote it. Um, this is nothing new, in fact. Moral relativism as a philosophical expression can be traced back to hundreds of years before Christ. Moral relativism encompasses views and arguments that people in various cultures have held for thousands of years. Now, I'm skipping ahead here, little by little, ever so nuanced, words and phrases are introduced and become the standard of the day. Take the word equity, for example. Certainly not a new word, right? Certainly not. Uh, Many uh, have known, let's see, uh, equity. Um, a home equity. People know what a home home value. But how many have noticed this new replacement for this idea of equity? Have you noticed in our diversity, equity, equality, progress? They're you know putting this all together now. If you pay attention, you'll notice that what was once described as equality in return in regards to 
racial and social justice is now being touted as equity. The president uses this word all the time. You might say, what's the difference? Why should I care? Well, most everyone has supported equality, whereby every individual has an equal opportunity to make the most of their lives and talents. That's the American way, equal, equal opportunity. Progressive socialists and the left and Democrats and liberals are pushing against the agenda of equity. Or they, I'm sorry, they're not pushing against it. They're pushing it, this agenda of, quote, equity. What do they mean? Well, each person has different circumstances and therefore requires allocations of resources and opportunities specific to the individual or group, victim group, to reach an equal outcome. Do you see the difference here? The overriding change behind this progressive blitz is the removal of debate, disagreement. If a person stands up against the socialist communist agenda being pushed from within our own Congress, the cancel culture activists will not honor your differing opinion. They will categorize you a fascist, intolerant, bigot, deplorable, alt-right, evangelical, you name it, then they will cancel you. I like that. They will categorize you and they will cancel you. And let me just wrap up with First Peter. I'm going to read a scripture in First Peter that I think is very applicable. But in these words, you can see how high the bar is set for believers. Um, we are to expect persecution, friends, but we haven't really had a lot of that in America up until the last several decades as far as Bible-believing Christians. Um, we should remain committed to the Lord, committed to our mission to be salt, a preserving salt in our culture and light among darkness. Our calling is to remain transformed through Christ, not conformed to this world, and to share the good news, and it is good news, of salvation in this lost world. When the cancel culture comes after believers, we have to stand firm in our faith, knowing that they cannot cancel the word of God, as we said at the beginning of this segment. First Peter four twelve through 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery deal, ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing, as though something strange were happen, happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that at the revelation of his glory, you may also rejoice and be overjoyed if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or evildoer or troublesome, troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will be, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God are to entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. So, 1 Peter 4, 12-19. My article this week for Freedom Project Media, America in Crisis Mode, as Biden touts LGBTQ activism. Now, you're going to say that's an odd transition, but because Biden emphasizes equity and the Equality Act. That's why I'm going to share this with you. So, they announced Monday their priorities are to they're recognizing the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia. It was observed Monday. The majority of Americans, including Christians who believe the Bible, need not apply. Interesting that Biden made this declaration the same day, the same day that the court permanently stopped in California. Same day that court decision was made, 
Biden made this declaration. So as American citizens are concerned about the economy, government, spending, taxes, gas shortages, some schools still closed, health care, the southern border crisis, Rona virus propaganda, threats to our freedom, turmoil in the Middle East, China, Russia, racial division, political division, and a complicit one-party media and big tech censorship, Joe Biden and his handlers, of course, they made the decisions, he just speaks it, they thought they should stress their commitment to their very important topic of protecting and standing with the LGBT community. You know where they stand, friends. During the Obama administration, Biden pledged his allegiance to the left. We know that. But he's now using the power of the presidency to unleash an even more godless agenda. He apparently, with most liberal Democrats, believe the lie that keeping boys, biological males, boys out of girls' bathrooms, locker rooms, dressing rooms, and out of women's sports, they believe that's discrimination. Biology is unjust. Follow the science. Right? And this big transgender push. So in his statement, Biden boasted about making, quote, historic appointments to LGBTQI plus individuals to the highest levels of our government. And he is. He's appointing people to a godless government. His administration, one of the most godless in American history. We've got anti-Semites. We've got people hostile toward the Christian faith. We've got pro-LGBT people, um, transgenders, homosexuals, and you name it, communists. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm using that word uh, not lightly, but they used to be called just Democrat socialists. But let's just not mince words here. They're in the deep state. They're in the administration, some of them. So now we talked about the Equality Act many times on this podcast. I reported on it for Freedom Project several times. But you need to understand how extreme this agenda is and how unconstitutional, by the way. But notice that Joe Biden is going through executive orders kind of like toilet paper. He's signing a historic amount of them. Think about a Republican president doing the same thing. He would be called a dictator governing by his pen by executive order. That would be constantly challenged. But today's lapdog media, when there's a Democrat in the presidency, they're, they go into protective mode, right? So what do these things have to do, these LGBTQ appointments and declarations and this agenda of the left when it comes to social issues and sexual issues? What does this have to do with the religious freedom and on what effect is it going to have on the nation? We're going to talk about that when we come back because I'm going to help you make the connection to what's really going on here. I think you'll get it. And then we'll talk about how uh, how did our churches, some of them, turn into leftist political front groups. And Jan Markell's got a new version, part seven of I Never Thought I Would See the Day. I want to share a couple points from that in a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Aren't you glad that I started off this podcast by <laughs> giving you some perspective and saying that, hey, this is uh, it's really nothing new under the sun. And uh, we quoted that verse. Um, uh, what one did we quote? The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever from Isaiah 40, verse 8. Um, so how does this all affect what the Biden administration is doing, what the left, the Pelosi Democrats? Um, what effect do these things have on the nation? Well, we can see the effect on our children. We see the effect in our government-run public antichrist education center system, education system. I know I'm harsh when I say that. I know I'm using words that are provocative on purpose. Uh, because just too many people resist and say, hey, this might be happening in the big cities, but it's not happening in my child's little school. Um, and I th- I think that's a bit naive from some of the experts we've had on this podcast, from some of the people I've interviewed, from my research and education and those who have written about it and what's coming out, if you search for the right uh, sources. And, and by the way, um, 200 sources, did I tell you we've got – 200 resources you can trust now posted at standardforthetruth.com. Right at top left column, if you go there, it just says resources. Big, big word, resources at the top left, right on top of the website. 200 now. We have 200 resources that you can trust if you want to look up some of this information that we're talking about. But um, 
someone who knows better than most how this affects an American citizen is Colorado cake artist and business owner Jack Phillips. Remember him? He's back in the news because he has a new book coming out in a few weeks. It's called The Cost of My Faith, How a Decision in My Cake Shop Took Me to the Supreme Court. So in a recent interview, uh, Phillips explained his reasoning for why he couldn't in good conscience design a cake or bake a cake for two men celebrating a gay marriage. He said, quote, The Bible is pretty clear that God made male and female, and he joined them together in marriage. And marriage was his design, his idea. I'm not smart enough to do anything like that. God created it unique and special between a man and a woman. And any other view of that would go against biblical principles. Do you believe that, what Jack Phillips just said? Yes, okay. Well, then why do some of you cave and say, oh, but Jesus wouldn't turn down a request to bake a gay wedding cake? Can you believe some people actually use that argument? Oh, Jesus would never turn down. He would, of course, support a gay marriage. No, he wouldn't. Are you Read the Bible. Anyway, so... He also said, Jack Phillips, that one of the commissioners uh, said this, religious freedom was a despicable piece of rhetoric. Religious freedom. Did, did you hear me, friends? This is one of the commissioners apparently in Colorado during that case, Jack Phillips. He said religious freedom is used to justify things like slavery and the Holocaust. Really? This is what you're pushing now on the left? It takes a lot to believe that. Um, so don't forget also, remember, I'm just reminding you guys, because Phillips is going to be back in the news because his new book is coming out soon. Don't forget the Colorado Commission gave him an ultimatum. Either bake the gay wedding cake or stop making wedding cakes altogether. So much for tolerance, right? The leftist commission also ruled Jack Phillips' staff, his employees, had to go through mandatory re-education to teach them that Phillips was wrong and that believing the Bible is discrimination. I hope you're hearing these words and taking them to heart, knowing that persecution is not coming to America. It is here, whether soft or hardcore persecution. Um, and I don't think we'll see... Death camps and concentration camps. Uh, I, maybe I, I might be wrong. I hope there's a revival and an awakening way, way before that could even happen. But that's the direction it's going now is very eye-opening, friends, isn't it? Um, so thankfully, the, the, the Supreme Court, they ended up ruling in the favor of Jack Phillips on the side of religious freedom, which a lot of these cases come down to. Why? Because the Constitution, which the left is trying to dismantle, the Constitution is still the law of the land, even though they're not, you know, abiding by the law. I mean, look at all the riots last summer in our streets, tearing down businesses, cities, burning buildings. I mean, there's there were, I think it was over $2 billion in damage throughout last summer and uh, at least three dozen, if not four dozen deaths. Why weren't they in the news, right? Who are these individuals that died at the hands of Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and the radical left? We don't hear about that in the news, do we? But apparently the vandalism and the looting and the destruction was justified. So what does the law state? Does, do, does it, did our Constitution change? Does the law now state you can burn down a building if you oppose something? Or if you want to protest something that's unjust, you can go wreck someone's business or kill the shop owner? But that's what they allowed to happen last summer. Do you understand this? So I'm saying this is a very good thing that when it goes to the courts, the Supreme Court leans, and I don't know where they're going to go in these future cases, but at least they ended up ruling in the favor of Jack Phillips. So now this administration, the O'Biden-Harris administration, won't think twice about discriminating against you and me. They won't take, think twice about silencing us or punishing us. We've heard them say it. We've heard the left say it. Think about how, <laughs> if you can wrap your mind around this, those of us, those of you, us who are old enough to remember when they taught true history, and the worldviews of our founders in America, early presidents, and bold patriots who fought for our freedoms, how would they respond? How would What would they think? How would they react if they heard a U.S. president or administration deny God, 
deny creation, deny the Bible, and even discriminate against Christians, and on the other side of that, approve of and promote being lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer. Imagine. Now, in that context, you're going, oh, my goodness. But it happened gradually, didn't it? It it didn't happen overnight. We were silent in our pulpits. Christians stopped being salt and light. And many believers or, or professing Christians conformed to the world rather than being transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you conform to the world, you're not going to be able to really impact the world for righteousness, are you? Antonio Gramsci, the Italian Marxist, cultural Marxism, one of the most popular ideas that he promoted from prison, he wrote his prison notebooks, um, was to take down America and to take down Christianity. You had to do that. In order to take down America, you had to get the religious element out of the way first. That's what They knew they couldn't beat America militarily. They had to t- attack it different ways. So Gramsci is famous for saying uh, it has to be a long, progressive, or gradual march through the major institutions in America in order to eradicate Christianity over a number of generations to take down the country and to have their socialist or Marxist utopia or communism. So Antonio Gramsci, look him up if you're not familiar with that history, but that's the philosophy, cultural Marxism. That's what's happening. It's not economic Marxism, it's cultural. It's through the education system from K-12, through academia, higher education, so-called. It's through our government, politics, legislation. It's through the media in America. It's through nonprofits and corporations. It's through the entertainment industry. Cultural Marxism, a long progressive march through the major institutions in America in order to take down the Judeo-Christian roots and founding so that they can really break America and its capitalist system. What do you think? Anyway, I'm not going to go down that road. Um, You'd be proud of me. I just restrained myself. So don't forget, uh, these cases are airing on the side. I shouldn't say airing, thankfully. They're on the side of the religious freedom. But um, one more thing that Biden said, I just want to point out. Here's when it comes to equity. Here's why I brought up this story to begin with. He said, everyone is entitled to dignity. I, I would agree with that. And equality. I would agree with that. But how does the left now define dignity and equality? Diversity. How do they define that? No matter who they are, no matter whom they love, or how they identify. And we will continue to engage with allies and partners to advance human rights of LGBTQI people here at home and in all corners of the world. So, yes, we would agree. In the traditional 1828 Daniel Webster Dictionary, in that dictionary definition of the word equality or dignity, we, you and I, would agree with what Joe Biden just said, except for when he mentioned the advancing the LGBTQI. Now, but they have re- redefined that, as we pointed out earlier, equity. Again, a majority of Americans need not apply. There's a, such a fraction. If you look at the whole population in the country, I don't even know what it is now, but it's probably, I'm guessing, it's still under 4%. The entire LGBTQ population is probably still at least under 5%. Now, I'm guessing I haven't looked up those stats and those numbers in a long time. But what about 95% of the... And so this is what the Biden administration is stressing, right? Priorities. Um, th- th- so uh, I, if you want to understand it simply, he pushed the Equality Act. He wants to push that Equality Act, right? He said he, he wants to... I reported on the Equality Act, but Biden is promoting That's Pelosi's brainchild. It's one of her pet projects. Um This means special rights for the left or for LGBTQ individuals, not equal rights. Make sure you understand that. Nothing wrong with equal rights for everybody, every citizen, every human being. But they have redefined it to mean special rights. And if you dig into the legislation, that's exactly what it is. It will, out of necessity to follow that legislation that it's implemented, it will have to 
pass hate crime laws. It will have to discriminate against Judeo-Christian values and, and the Bible and people like you and I who are Christians, Bible-believing, and who are conservative and you believe in the laws of nature and nature's God. The Equality Act and, and its minions will have to discriminate against us if they're going to follow that. So also notice that Biden alluded to war in a way. He said, we're going to engage with allies and partners to advance, almost like advancing a troop of LGBTQ. We don't want it to just be 5% in America. We want it to be 55% of America. I don't know. But all I can say, it's affecting our kids. If you notice the numbers of kids that are uh, confused about biology, about their sex or gender, confused about the direction that we're going um, or that they're going, confused about what it really means to be human. They're thinking, wow, I can I can determine whatever I want. I can pick my own gender. I can just identify however I want. By the way, did you see the meme uh, going around on social media outlets about uh, I'm, I'm an, what does it say? I'm a transvaxite, meaning I, I identify as someone who has been vaccinated. Oh man, I laughed out loud on that one. But anyway, so my question to the left pushing this in the Biden administration, what about the human rights of Christians, conservatives, independents, Republicans, and a majority of Americans who still might believe in the Ten Commandments or still might believe in actual science, biology, uh, American history, the way we were founded? What about the rest of us? So they're pushing this for such a small group of people. We are reaping what we have sown in elections in America. We've said it so many times. Elections do have consequences. We are seeing the fruit of that. Now, this is what happens when one party thinks our rights come from government, not from God. So that article, I'll put that in the podcast notes here at StandUpForTheTruth.com. I didn't get to Jan Markell's Part 7. I never thought I would see the day. I asked her once, how many parts are you going to be writing? Uh, She says, well, it's going to be endless. I never thought I would see the day, dot, dot, dot. And, uh, oh, by the way, um, before we take a break, I'll let you know who you're going to hear if you listen online. Next week, there will be no new podcasts. I'll be taking a vacation and uh, going out of town. So thank you guys for continuing to support the ministry and listen to the podcast. There will be no new podcast, but you can still hear it right now, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Time at Q90FM.com. So I'll let you know who we're going to replay for the first time, some major guests that we've had on recently. And uh, we'll let you know about that when we come back. Thank you guys so much. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Okay, guys, this is subject to change. But as of now, we've got these podcasts scheduled for next week. Uh, Todd Nettleton, Voice of the Martyrs, When Faith Is Forbidden, his book. we got Dr. Erwin Lutzer. On Tuesday, Steve Smotherman on Wednesday, Holly Pivik on Thursday, Cal Beisner on Friday. A lot of great guests that we've interviewed. We've we've never replayed those episodes. Also, please, again, I want to remind you to post a review on Amazon if you've purchased Canceling Christianity. And if you want info on purchasing a 12 or more or a case of books at a 50% off publisher's discount, please let me know. Uh, contact me here or uh, look at the post. I've got my publisher's email there. Thank you again, and um, we'll have a great time next week just getting away. But I hope you will have a wonderful week as well. In the meantime, just today, this is the day the Lord has made. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.